It's considered one of the most important pieces of civil rights legislation ever passed. What the court did today is say it's outdated. It was a total unawareness of the existence of prejudice in the United States. We had worked so hard, we had struggled so long, people had lost their lives for this, and bam, it's taken away just like that. We are sick and tired of being sick and tired. If we're going to do anything that's worthwhile, we've got to go for the vote. That's a revolutionary act in Mississippi. They didn't like integration, they didn't like the vote, they didn't like niggas. The voting was absolutely dangerous business. That was the big fear of white folks. Vote. They were fighting for their dear life, their way of life. We are going to see to it that law and order is maintained, and maintained Mississippi style. You could go missing, and no one would ever find you. As part of our look at the directors of all the different films here at Northwest Fest, we have joining us Gavin Guerra, writer, producer, and director of Let the People Decide. Northwest Fest takes place from May 6th to 16th, and this film, Let the People Decide, screens as part of the Made in the USA programming, presented by the Alberta Podcast Network. All films can be streamed through the festival's website at northwestfest.ca. Gavin, Let the People Decide explores the history of the struggle of voting rights from the 1960s right through to the present day, unfortunately. Even though the film feels like it's timely, this story has been evolving for decades. Um, can you let the audience know how this film kind of almost uh, unfolds in like three acts as it catches up to present day? And the first act of which the film focuses on the civil rights movement in Mississippi. It is a three act structure. Uh, I, I focus on Mississippi specifically as a proxy for the entire civil rights movement. So rather than jump around from Alabama to Atlanta to Florida to Mississippi, I really wanted to focus on one set of characters and really drive home the struggles of that group as as being indicative of the struggles that everybody was going through in the movement in those days. Uh, Act three, I do the same thing, but I use North Carolina as a proxy for the entire country. So basically, I could have chosen Texas or South Carolina or Indiana or Wisconsin or any number of places. But I've, I felt that, again, to, to stay with one group and follow their story through their struggles and their court cases really served to, to hammer home the narrative. And then Act Two is meant to connect the dots between them. Right and show how, as a country, the United States um, evolved both politically and racially from the 1960s into the mid 2000 era that we're in now, and how the language has changed and the and the arguments, the verbiage has changed, but the issues are very much the same. You know, I felt I always feel it's important when you're engaging uh, in a historical narrative to provide context, especially to the present. And that was really the goal of the film. One of the more fascinating parts, and I think that probably uh, sticks with people quite a bit, you have some incredible interviews there. But the first-person accounts of participants in the civil rights movement, as well as those kind of present-day activists that are fighting to preserve the momentum gained in 1965 with the Voters' Rights Act are probably, for me, the things that stuck with me the most. Because in those moments, it became painfully clear that the work is not done and may never be done. So talk to us about the power of that kind of juxtaposition in the film of these generations reflecting on their experiences. 
it was really powerful for me. As you know, having seen the film, I mean, uh, I have a fairly large and ever-growing in memoriam section where a lot of these people have passed since I have interviewed them. And to have had the honor to sort of capture their stories and their struggles on film, I took that responsibility very seriously, you know, and I, and I really felt that they were grateful to be able to, to tell their story in, in their words. Having said that, they were mostly kids when this was happening. They, they were very young, most of them. They were in their late teens, early 20s, with all the idealism of youth and, and the sort of invincibility that comes with that, that that veneer was painfully punctured often. But when I get to the present day and I speak to the high school kids of today or the college kids of today, I always remind them that the elderly people they just saw were their age when they were doing this, that this is that 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 movements are driven by the youth, that the youth take up the mantle and they and they advance the cause. And I think some of them think of this as ancient history, as if somehow we're talking about Abraham Lincoln or something, and we're not. You know, this is 50 years ago is an eye blink. And I think that um, to have that then and now perspective, right, to watch these these people who are now in their 80s, as you said, reflect back and sometimes question whether it was all worth it. I don't think any of them would take it back. I think they all feel it's it was it was very much worth it. This film, as the title states, is is kind of designed to make sure that your audience is allowed to absorb the information and end up drawing their own conclusions. Even though I think, you know, the choice is a, an incredibly easy one. You know, why did you feel it was necessary to speak to conservatives that support these modern voter ID laws? Personal filmmaking choice, and and I I really believe that conflict equals drama. That if I just went out there and you know, spouted uh, progressive talking points. Um, I'm, I'm not doing those talking points any service. I really feel like you need to have both sides of the argument of the issue presented. And as the title says, is to let the people decide. I think that uh, there was a very influential film to me uh, on gun control called Gunfight. Uh, that came out. It's on HBO Max if anybody wants to see it. But it really blew my mind in two ways uh, that that propagated into my film. One, there was no narrator. It was all driven by the, the participants in the film. And two, she extensively interviewed the NRA. And it was clear where her, her sympathies lied. But she gave them as much talking time as they wanted because the more they spoke, the more that they basically made the argument for the other side. I really, really believe that a lot of the people I interviewed on the right believe what they believe. I don't think that they're being that cynical. I think they are true believers in this voter integrity stance. However, put up against uh, you know Julian Bond or Reverend Barber, you know, my job was not to argue with them. My job was to have them argue with each other on screen and really kind of create a well-rounded uh, debate. And I and I feel like uh, I definitely ticked off a lot of my liberal friends who felt that I gave too much oxygen to to uh, arguments that they felt were misinformation and detrimental. And then all the conservatives I know still think I'm a liberal hack. So. Uh, I, somewhere, you know, I, I think I did my job pretty well if I got, if I got that, if I threaded that needle. So 
Our guest today is Gavin Guerra. We're talking about the film Let the People Decide. He's the writer, producer, and director of it. And this documentary is going to be part, of course, of Northwest Fest, which takes place May 6th to the 16th. And it screens as part of the Made in the USA programming. And that's presented by the Alberta Podcast Network. All films, including this one, can be streamed through the festival website at northwestfest.ca. Gavin, thank you so much for your time, uh, and particularly for the film. I think whether your uh, you know political beliefs or whether you uh, agree with what's happening in the film or not, it's incredibly illuminating, and hopefully it informs you both ways. Um, not just the fact of you know these horrendous political atrocities that are committed against people for decades and decades, but that it makes people realize that every ounce of fight that you put inside yourself to to try to rail against these kinds of laws and these kind of against and limitations uh, are always worth it. And you have to do it for future generations that you'll never see. Thank you very much for, for having me and for screening the film. And uh, yeah, I think I think that if you are going to engage in in the public square, it's best to have information. And I think that no matter what your political beliefs, I really hope that you get some information out of this film so that you can actually have your beliefs rooted in some history. 